Are you in need of comfort and encouragement today in light of all that you're going through? You've come to the right place. Stick around for Abounding Grace. It is through the financial crisis. It is through the issue at work and the family tension that causes us to recognize our weakness. And when we recognize our weakness, we're able to relate with a great high priest, Jesus, who rushes into our lives and ministers his comfort and care. He has compassion on us. And he helps us and builds up in us boldness. Why? So that we can come right into the throne room of grace. So what? We'll find mercy, we'll obtain mercy, find grace, and get the help that we need in that time of need. This is amazing grace. This is When we're in a rough spot, it sure is comforting to have someone come alongside of you who's been there before. And we most certainly have that in Jesus Christ. He is our sympathetic high priest who stands ready and willing to help and comfort you, even right now. He understands what you're going through. Today on Abounding Grace, we'll be encouraged to take our cares and concerns to the Lord in prayer. As we do, we can expect to receive comfort, mercy, and grace in our time of need. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor in Hebrews chapter 4. You think of Daniel. You know, I wonder how Daniel felt. I mean, we kind of think of Daniel, you think of some of these guys in the Bible as like superheroes of faith, but they were human. So we know that some of the, some of the issues in people's lives are revealed to us, like Elijah, you know, like, like we, we see him victory on Mount Carmel and then running away emotionally afraid of Jezebel. We see the reality of human beings. And I wonder what Daniel felt like. Like, man, what's going on? Thrown into the lion's den. And we think, why would God throw Daniel into the lion's den? Well, for all the things that we read of in the scriptures of why he was in the lion's den, I'll tell you one thing that he threw Daniel in the lion's den to encourage us some few thousand years later when we find ourselves under equally scary situations. Because we can remember, you know what? Daniel was able to stand in the face of a lion. I'll be able to stand in the face of whatever God allows me or sends my way. God allows these things so we might he might reveal to us his goodness and his comfort and his mercy. So that when it's over, and by the way, it will be over soon enough. So that when it's over, we can be used as his tool to bring comfort and encouragement to others. Because you know, when times are easy... When times are easy, we tend to forget about the Lord. We tend to forget about his faithfulness. You know, you start out desperate for the things of God, but then when God begins to bless and he begins to show up, we become less desperate. And we become less dependent. And we find ourselves making serious mistakes. But then when trials and difficulties come, we learn of our great high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses. And if there's one thing that we carry with us every day is our weaknesses. We're a weak people. God is attracted to weakness. God values weakness in your life. He values brokenness and humility. We don't value that so much. We want to be strong. We want to make it. 
We want to do it on our own. We want to show ourselves faithful on behalf of God. And then when weakness comes, it's almost like we do everything that we can to not dwell in that weakness, submissive to God. But God is attracted to weakness. Weakness is so powerful in your life. That's the irony. The irony of our human weakness is that God is strong in the midst of our weakness. As we learn from Paul the Apostle, as he cries out in a weak time, this thorn in his side, the answer from God was what? Hey, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. We are so often crying, to be, crying out to be delivered from the trial. Please don't stop. Don't stop crying out to be delivered from the trial. But what I have found to be true is that God doesn't always just plop us out of a trial, but rather he delivers us through the trial. He shows his presence in our lives. He reveals a new facet of his character to us. Why? So that we might be comforted in all our tribulation, that we might then comfort others as they're going through things. That's the body of Christ. That's the family of God. And what happens when we're experiencing comfort from our great high priest? Notice verse 16. Because of that, let's come boldly into the throne of grace. You could write, if you like to write in your Bibles, you can just write next to verse 16, prayer. He's speaking about prayer. Our great high priest being a comfort to us encourages us to pray boldly, that we can come boldly into the throne room of grace because of our great high priest. And there's three things that you're going to find when you come into the throne of grace. Number one, you're going to obtain mercy. You see that? Obtain mercy. Number two, you're going to find grace. And thirdly, you're going to have help in your time of need. You're going to have help. Mercy, grace, and help. There's three words you need to understand when mercy and grace are together. Mercy, grace, and the third is judgment. You need to know these definitions. So here's this simple definition. Judgment is receiving what you deserve. When you receive judgment, you get what you deserve. And none of us want what we deserve. Amen? Okay, some of you need to speak up a little bit louder because I don't want what I deserve. I'm grateful for God's mercy. And God's mercy is not receiving what you deserve. If a judge shows mercy on you, you don't get the sentence that you deserve. So you have judgment getting what you deserve, mercy not getting what you deserve, which leads us to the to the truth of grace, and that is getting what we don't deserve. And I want more grace in my life. I want God to shower his grace upon me. I want you to experience the mercy and the grace of God. I want you to access the help of God. And you do that through prayer. And oftentimes it's through the crisis in life. It's through the wayward child. It's through the move to another state. It is through the financial crisis. It is through the issue at work and the family tension that causes us to recognize our weakness. And when we recognize our weakness, we're able to relate with a great high priest, Jesus, who rushes into our lives and ministers his comfort and care. He has compassion on us, and he helps us and builds up in us boldness. Why? So that we can come right into the throne room of grace. So what? We'll find mercy, we'll obtain mercy, find grace, and get the help that we need in that time of need. Prayer is so important. It's where we tap the resources of God. When times are easy, we tend to forget about God, lose sight of his eternal purposes. Times of comfort and ease, 
times with little pressure, little resistance, builds up a little self-pride in us, self-reliance, maybe even self-sufficiency. You see, God's grace is sufficient to meet all of our needs, but when we are filled with self-sufficiency, we don't tap into the grace of God. We don't enjoy the grace of God. It's in the fires of life, though, that God reveals himself. We see, begin to see God in a new light and that our desperation grows. We meet him in a new, fresh, bold way, the God of all comfort. And when we have the God of all comfort experiencing that, it's then in the comfort that we give to someone else that what do we do? We bring them boldly to the throne room of grace, whether we intercede for them or we bring them physically to a prayer meeting. God wants you to pray. He desires us to pray, not as some burden, but as a privilege. It's our privilege to enter into the throne room of grace. It's an honor to be welcomed in. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, the Bible says that the veil was torn in two from top to bottom. That veil is referring to the separation of man and the high priest between the high priest and the holy of holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was, and the mercy seat. We're going to learn all that soon enough. And that was where once a year the high priest would go in behind the veil and spread the the blood of the sacrifice once a year for the covering of the sins of all those that related God through the old covenant, all the children of Israel. But when Jesus Christ died, he made the way open to all of us to come directly, boldly into the throne room of grace by faith in Jesus Christ. There's no barrier there anymore. By faith, you and I can rush in. And it doesn't have to be a prayer meeting, although when we have prayer meetings, it would be great for you to come, you know. Um, I was thinking God gave me an illustration even today. As I was driving in, I was listening in today to a Bible study on, the, on abiding in Jesus Christ. It was a great Bible study, and I was, encouraging, I was encouraged by it greatly. But I just felt like, you know, over on, as I was making the turn from Parker to Orchard, I just felt like I needed to put it, put it on pause and just begin to pray and just, just ask God to just start to share things with God praying and, uh, as I'm driving in to church this morning. And so I did. I prayed, and some things were heavy on my mind, and, and I had this request. You know, and, and I, I share this with you so you can understand that, that God will hear your prayer no matter what. That just pray. It doesn't matter how you pray, just talk to God. So I, I asked the Lord very specifically. It was a very specific prayer. And I asked God, I said, God, would you just send someone to encourage me today? Someone specifically. Just send someone to, to, to encourage me, to, to bring encouragement in my life. But you know, as I prayed, for, prayed that prayer, I didn't really believe he was going to do it. I just really didn't think it was going to happen. I mean, I'm praying and I'm asking God, but I didn't think it was going to happen. So I made it into the office, parked my car, come up into the office, starting to review my notes, and then I started reading the book, book of Luke. And as I was reading the book of Luke, a text popped up on my iPad, and it was a sister uh, that used to be here. They moved to another state. A sister said, hey, uh, Pastor Ed, just want, and she sent it to me, Marie, and the kids. And she said, I just want to let you know I had a dream about you last night. And so this is my prayer over you. And she shared a scripture in Isaiah that I looked up and started to read. And she prayed for me. And you would think that I would give God the glory right there in that moment of that text message, right? Because he sent encouragement even before I came before you. And that could have been my testimony, but it wasn't. I didn't even acknowledge it. I read the scripture and I didn't even thank God that, man, you already did it. And I'm, it was with, I, 10 minutes ago, I just, not even 10 minutes, I prayed, and, but I didn't do that. So I sat there, I started reading, and there's a, then, I, then I hear a knock on the door. And I didn't really want to answer the door. The door was locked, so whoever was knocking didn't have a key. 
but I can't hide in there. There's a window on my door. And so, you know, I can't, I, I mean, I probably could way in the corner, hide barely so they don't see me, but they already knew I was in there. So I get up and I look, it's Pastor Avent. I'm like, okay, open up the door, unlock it, come in. He says, Pastor, I just think I, God wants me to come in and pray for you. And I said, sure, let's sit down. We sit down on the couch, on the prayer. He puts his hand on me, begins to pray for me, and then it hit me, then it hit me. Lord, you've answered my prayer. And tears begin to well up in my eyes, and I'm like, yeah, you answered my prayer. You sent, you sent encouragement. And then he reminded me, and, and I, I sent you the text message too. Yes, Lord, you did. You sent me the text messages of the scripture. You sent a literal brother right into my office to answer that prayer that I really didn't feel like you were going to answer. And then, if that wasn't enough, I come up right before service, first service, to get things ready for the first baby dedication, come up on the stage, and this kid, he goes through those doors, and he rushes all the way up. Whew, man, he was fast. All the way up, up the stairs. He had a big white package in his hand. How he passed security, I don't know. <laughs> he runs up and he says, here, here, I want to give this to you. And I said, great, can I open it now? Because when you give me a gift, I don't like waiting till I get home. I want to open it right now. Let's find out what it is. I don't want it to stack up in case more gifts come. I want to open them as they come. <laughs> and so he said, sure. He opened. So we opened it up and it was a little plaque. And it said, it said, uh, the best is yet to come. It was a little plaque. And the Lord was saying, okay, Ed. How much encouragement do you want? I hear your prayers. And, listen, and here's, what, here's why it all went down the way it did, I think. Just pray. Don't worry about how much faith you have. Don't worry about how you're feeling. Don't worry if you limit God. God will not be limited by your limitations. He won't be held back by your faithlessness. But he does long for you to come in boldly into the throne. And if you can't come boldly, just come anyway. Just share your heart with God. He's a father that loves you. You have a high priest that sympathizes with you. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. The whole triune God is working on your behalf. Do you know in Romans chapter 8 it says that even when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit within us will well up in us groanings that can't be uttered. He hears your prayers. You're not forgotten. Even if the answers wait, even if I didn't experience what I did today, God is still faithful. He still heard my prayer, and he still answered according to his will. But he knows something about me. Now it's all pieced together of what he did in my life just this morning. It's just this morning. But I served at Calvary Chapel in Downey for six, seven years with a pastor who always wanted things in threes. That's just how he was. I wasn't like that. I could do things in ones, but he always wanted things in threes. And so we would always wait for the third confirmation, and then he'd take the step of faith. And I was always impatient with him. I was like, come on, pa. and then when he would do it, I'd go, Pastor Rudy, I knew it was the first time. No, Ed, this is, a, you know, and so he would sit down, son. We're going to wait on the Lord together. And, and even then, as God is reminding me, because we were just looking at this yesterday in the school ministry, we were looking at Hebrews chapter 13 where it says to honor those that rule over you. And that always reminds me of my pastor Jeff and my pastor Rudy who I served with so many years that once again now because of what, because of what God has done in my life I can just get my phone out and send him a text and say you see Rudy all of the discipleship all the things that you show me it worked. God is faithful, 
and it's okay if you wait for three. You taught me something, and God even uses you to this day to remind me that I have a great high priest who can sympathize with me, and he loves me, and I'm no different than you. He can use me as a display of foolishness and faithlessness and weakness, but I embrace it because God will meet me where I'm at and he'll minister his love and his encouragement to me. And I know that when I'm praying for you and when I hear about you being at the hospital or I hear about you in a car accident or I hear about your kids rebelling and being a prodigal or I hear you're, you know, you're just discomforted because you just moved to town and it's a big change. And when I pray for you, I know because God will show me time and time again that he's the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation. And when you say a little prayer to him, he hears you. I want you to leave today knowing that God hears your prayers. God hears your prayers. God is, God is faithful. God is faithful to hear you and answer you. Even if you don't get the answer that you want or desire, it doesn't in any way diminish God's faithfulness. We come boldly not only does he know our nature, but he knows our needs. He knows us personally. He can tie it all together. He's opened us a way into the very throne room of grace. We're reminded of the glorious privilege of prayer. And our prayer lives take us right in the presence of God, no matter where we are. Every time we go, we're going to find help. And we're going to obtain mercy. And we're going to find grace. And we can not only enter in, but we should enter in. Church, we should enter in. Listen, you know, so many years here at Calvary, I think we've had a midweek Bible study now for 15 years. We had it on Thursdays for a while, then Wednesdays. And I mean, just in the last few years, this room is packed on a Wednesday night for Bible study. And those of you that have been with us for a while, you know that, that we, we were convicted about our prayer lives. I was convicted as a pastor about my prayer lives a couple years ago and about our prayer life as a church. That so much so that we changed our Wednesday night service to incorporate prayer as a regular practice, not just when pastor prays for a Bible study, but for us as a church. We ended up coming to this place where we call it Give 10. The kids do it in the high school. The kids do it in junior high. I'm sure Michael does it with the kids in women ministries. There's women praying right now during the service. We pray. And so we changed our service on Wednesday nights. We still have Bible study. It's a little bit shorter because we sing together, we pray together, we have communion together every Wednesday, we, we have fellowship with one another, and it's a beautiful thing. It reminds me of Acts chapter 2, verse 42, where the early church continues steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in prayer and in fellowship and in the breaking of bread. And we do that together on Wednesday night. But you know what happened? The room emptied. Many people that used to come on Wednesday night don't come anymore. And I'm sure there's a variety of reasons, I'm sure. And I can't speak to everyone. But it has been my experience that when there's a call to prayer, there's a hesitancy and a pulling back. And I just believe God wants us not to be hesitant anymore and not to pull back, but to press in, especially in the dark days. Remember Jesus spoke about the need for prayer and fasting. These don't come out except by prayer and fasting. That may be just the issue in your life to develop a new habit of prayer and fasting, to deal with the demonic forces and the oppression that's in your life that you might press in. And I invite you to come back to prayer. 
Uh, if, you, if you haven't been a part of our midweek study, you know, come back. If you've never been a part of it, then come for the first time. And I get it. You know, it might be uncomfortable and you have to meet, but it's, it creates community, church. There's nothing better about learning about people than praying with them and hearing their hearts. And so I say this not for any other reason than to say this. All that's going on in your life is to draw you closer to God, not to push you away. It's for you to step in and cooperate with the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. And it's not to lay some burden on you or some guilt trip, not at all. I just know this, if you will utter five words to God, he'll hear you. 10, he'll hear you. If you wanna devote 15 minutes, he'll hear you. If you're the kind that was, loves to pray in your prayer closet, he'll hear you. So much so that he wants to hear you. That he says, come to me, let us reason together that that's such a key part. And just remember this, this key part of your relationship with God. There's a reward for prayer. You will find grace. You will obtain mercy. You will gain comfort and encouragement. You will be strengthened. You will receive the answer you're desiring. God's will will be accomplished in your life. So rush into the one that's near. Step in to be praying for your community and for your family. Come to our prayer meetings. Gather together with the saints. Stick around and check in on people and ask them how they're doing. Ask them to pray. Ask them to pray for you. Ask how you can pray for them. And rush in to the one who's near, to the one who knows, to the one who cares, and the one that can answer your needs according to his will. Amen. We've been in the book of Hebrews today on Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor is leading us verse by verse through the epistle. Would you like to hear today's message again? You can listen online 24-7 at AboundingGraceRadio.com or hear us through Apple Podcasts. Another way to go is to download our church app and Grace FM Colorado app. Do a search for Calvary Aurora. You'll find Abounding Grace right there as well as many other helpful resources. Where in the world did that come from? Maybe that's crossed your mind when you've had a nasty thought. And sometimes our thoughts are out of control along with our lives. But I'm happy to say there is a way to win the war in your mind. Craig Groeschel lays out the strategy in his book, Winning the War in Your Mind. Drawing from scripture and the latest findings of brain science, Craig presents practical strategies that will help free you from the grip of harmful and destructive thinking and go on to live the life God intends for you to live. Request a copy today when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more by calling 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Pastor Ed, with all this talk about prayer, I think it'd be fitting to close out our time in prayer. Would you pray for that person listening right now that's in need of comfort, mercy, and grace? Sure, Larry. Uh, I think it's super important. I always love the opportunity to pray because I, I, I think, Larry, of people listening in their cars, in the kitchen, in their prison cell, listen to a podcast maybe of this, uh, and I, I do think that God wants to bless and encourage them. So, Father, we do come to you today with all of our faults and our failures and with our sins that ever are before us, and we choose to ask for your forgiveness and forsake them uh, in our lives so that we can live a life above reproach. 
And I pray, God, for those that are in need of comfort, mercy, and grace, those that are heavy-hearted, disappointed, discouraged, maybe even depressed. Father, you say, you tell us very clearly, and, and I know it not only because it's in the Bible, but because I've experienced it, that you're the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulations, so that with the comfort that we have received, we can then comfort others. And so I pray for that comfort and mercy and grace. I even pray for the person that's listening that's super struggling in their life right now because they've never repented of their sins. They've never accepted, they're not born again. They want to be in many ways. They want to be in a right relationship with you, God, but they're holding back. And I pray for them right now. Today could very well be the day they finally surrender and just get down on their knees and ask you to forgive them and then get plugged into a local church where they are so that they might grow in your mercy and your grace and your comfort. So I pray that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, Pastor Ed. And please set aside another half hour to join us tomorrow for Abounding Grace when Pastor Ed Taylor digs deeper into the book of Hebrews to mine its treasures. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.